The Beat Church in Pflugerville, Texas. Bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. So we're going to read out of Romans chapter 11, and starting in verse 33, because today is a really cool day. Today's a dedication day. This is dedication to the Lord. So we dedicated babies, but we're also dedicating this to the Lord. This church, both for us as the beat and also for abundant faith, this church isn't just like, okay, well, wow, we did some painting. We moved in. Uh, Art already had the building set up. Like, okay, great. All this stuff happened. Now we're all here worshiping. Every person that's here has gone through a point in your life where God had to come in like a baby and to bring you to new life in Christ and to begin to form who you are as a spiritual person. That's what happens. The Bible says if you come to him that you must be born again. That's how you inherit the kingdom of God, that you're born again, that you have a new life, a new heart, something spiritual happens. And so there's a dedication, really, of your life to the Lord. And now as you come together as a church, what we want to do is dedicate this place to him. Because this isn't our church. This isn't my church. This isn't your church. This is God's church. And as it's his church, what we want to do is take what he's given us, and we also want to say, Lord, this is yours we want it to stay yours. The message is going to be from your word. As we pray for people, God, we're going to be praying to you, Lord, to move in their lives. Father, as we talk and interact, we're going to sing about your praises. We're going to encourage each other about your goodness, about who you are. As we go out in the community and serve, we're not just going to serve and show that we're great people. We're going to go out and serve and say, hey, we serve a great God. Because that's what the Bible talks about. The Bible says, let your good works shine before men that they may see them and do what? tell you you're awesome and pat you on the back not necessarily although once in a while that feels good if they pat the right spot and you don't have a sunburn it feels pretty good but it says oh glorify your father in heaven that's the point of what we do we want to bring glory to God we want to lift up his name the Bible says that if you lift me up that I will draw men unto me well how do you reach the lost how do you reach the broken how do you help people that are hurting this is how the Bible says to do it Lift up his name, and he will draw people to him. And that's what we're going to just want to dedicate the church, and we want to dedicate this place to him. But here's Romans eleven thirty three. It says, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. That right there is a lot. God knows everything. He knows all. He knows everything. Our, our old youth pastor, way back in the day, used to call it the eye in the sky. He's like, the eye in the sky sees all that you do. When you leave here, God's watching you. Like, creepy. But that's what he would say all the time. The eye in the, you walk out the door, praise God, hallelujah, have a great day. Remember, the eye in the sky is watching you. It's like, okay, we don't want that. Okay, feels very creepy. That's not what it's talking about, although God's always watching us with his love and his care to take care of us. But really, God knows all things. He knows everything. He created the heavens and the earth. He knows it all. And he also knows what you're going through. The Bible says in Hebrews that we have a high priest who's been tempted in every way as we have been. And so he can empathize with our weakness. 
And so it tells us to come boldly before the throne of God, before the throne of grace. In other words, even the struggles you go through, when you want to be angry, when you want to be, uh, you know, bitter, when you're going through things of selfishness or jealousy or, you know, coveting what someone else has, all these different things, God knows that. He knows the things that are of knowledge and wisdom, but he also knows the experiences of our heart. And it says, how unsearchable are his judgments and his paths are beyond tracing out. In other words, there's things that happen in life that we don't even understand. We can study them out, figure them out, but we don't necessarily even know. Like, God, why did this person have to die in my life? There's people in the, multiple people in this room that have lost children. That have had to bury their own kids before they were buried. Why? I lost my mom in the prime of her life. She's in her early 50s. I lose my mom. It's like, why? She's a great woman. She loved people. She served. I don't know. We don't know the answers to some of these things. Why am I struggling in a tough marriage? Why do I have kids that don't want to follow the Lord and I keep trying to talk to them, but they want to do their own thing? Why this? Why that? Why is it I work so hard and I don't get promoted, but somebody else does? What we don't know is all the details. What we do know is the big picture. We know the big picture that the Bible says God is for us, not against us. That he works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so we, in faith, we trust his judgments. We trust, trust his discernment, what he wants to do and what's going on. It says, his paths are beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? I didn't know when COVID happened, we got kicked out of a school. We don't really have any money. We're booted out of a school. We're meeting on Zoom. We've been trying to get a building for two years since we've been here. And for those that don't know, if you're, if you're new to the church and stuff like that, we used to be business people, and we had businesses, and we had money. And when we moved here, we thought we were going to start the church with a bunch of our own money. And within a few short months, after 20 years of successful business, never had a business failure, within a few short months of being here, we lost like $300,000, all of our money, gone, boom, whoosh, out the window. And that's all the money that we were going to build the church with. And I'm like, Lord, we came here to build the church, and this was the money we were going to do it with. It's gone. I don't understand his paths. In my mind, it says, okay, well, that, that's over. We, we, something went wrong. How are we going to get a building? How are we going to do anything? Well, we didn't get a building. Two years goes by, and we're moving things in and out of a box truck. And all that's going on. I don't understand, Lord. I don't know what's going on. I don't know your ways. I don't know your mind. But in the midst of all of it, God was doing works in people's heart, causing them to depend upon him, to look to him, not to look to money, not to look to business skills, not to look to whatever, but everyone just to look to the Lord, look to the Lord. This is what it's about. And as we did that, COVID happens, and we've been struggling through all this time trying to just, how do you do the logistics? We had like five locations in two years. Home, Zoom, school, a hotel, furniture store, a park. We're everywhere. COVID starts, and I really felt in prayer, the Lord says, look for a building. Ha, 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 ha. Well, first of all, we can't meet in one, so that's a great idea. <laughs> Second of all, where am I going to get the money for that? Well, let's throw a big fundraiser drive. Sure, tell everybody, hey, give some money for a building that we can't occupy. Woo, that'll go well. All this stuff, I said, I'm not doing that. So we look, boom, we find this, come talk to Art. The first offer I made to Art, man, what a man of grace back there, Art and Murdy. I felt, Lord, just go make him an offer. I'm like, I have nothing to offer. He says, go make an offer. I said, I have nothing to offer. Go make an offer. So I go over, I meet R, I walk in. I said, okay, we have no money or anything, but we want to move in. <laughs> That's pretty much how the conversation went, right, Art? And Art just looked at me, and he does what Art always says, if you know him. Praise God, brother. Praise God. 
God is good, amen. Praise God. Praise God, brother. Let's talk more later. <laughs> oh, that's kind of what my wife's dad said when I said I want to get married right out of high school, and he wanted Carrie to go to college and stuff. I said, hey, we want to get married. It's going to be exciting. He's like, no college? We should talk later. We should talk later. Uh, the mind of God, though, that's how it works. Now, here we all are. It's a God thing. It's not a us thing. It's not just a God thing to get to where we are. It's a God thing to get to where we're going. It's going to be a God thing all the way. All the way through, it's going to be a God thing. How is he going to work it? It says, who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? How many of you guys pray and tell God what to do? A lot of us do. God, if you would just do this, everything would work out. It doesn't work very well. Why? Because we're not God's counselor. It's much better. I mean, at times we can go pleading to God, Lord, help me. I actually went, this is not a joke, okay, but this was years ago. I was more young and trying to be vain back then, but they said God is in the room. God's always in the room, by the way. But they said God's in the room right now. Come forward for prayer. God's doing special healings, special things. Now, God does do that sometimes, but they're hyping up this big, God will do anything special right now. Stuff that you can't even think of, silly things, come up. I sat there for a while, and my faith got stirred. And I went up, and I stood right at the altar with the guy, and he goes to put his hands on me, and he says, what do you believe in God for? I said, this is not a joke. I said, believe in God for bangs. Just pray for me right now. Just put it on. Pray for me. I'm getting my hair back right now. And I let him pray. Didn't work. I'm not God's counselor. God says, no, I made you how I made you. Get out there. He says, who's ever given to God? Well, I've given to God. I put money back there. Okay? First of all, God doesn't need your money. Okay? God asks us to give money because it keeps our heart in check. It keeps us humble. It keeps us giving. It keeps us generous. And it pours back into our lives. I know for myself, as an ex-alcoholic and all those things, if it wasn't for God, I couldn't have kept a job. If I couldn't have kept a job, I wouldn't have money. If I didn't have money, I couldn't give the money. So any money I give, any time I give, well, I serve. Well, I couldn't have served in the state I was in, except for the grace of God. So there's literally nothing that I can give God that God didn't first give me. And we're all in that boat. That's the crazy thing about it, but I'm going to outgive God. Well, okay, there's two ways to look at that. People say that phrase, you can't outgive God, because they think, well, if I put in $1,000, God's going to give me back 2000 because I can't outgive God. No, let's rewind. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. God was before all things. You can't outgive God because everything that you have came from Him in the first place. So you can't outgive. When I was a kid, I couldn't outgive my parents because every time I gave them a present, I had to first get the money from them. It didn't work. We can't outgive because he's the source. That's why. Not because of what we're hoping to get back. It's because it came from in the first place. It says, who has ever outgiven God, who has ever given to God that God should repay him for from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. And then it goes on to Romans 12. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters. Anytime there's a therefore, I just say, here's a, here's a Bible tip. If you ever read the word therefore as you're going into a scripture, stop. Go backwards and read what was right before it. Because that's what therefore means. It means all of this happened therefore. Right? Okay, you're grounded. Why? Because there, these things happened <laughs> 
therefore you're grounded, right? That's the explanation that leads up to it. And so all of those things about God that we just read, unsearchable, his wisdom, his judgments, how he loves us, how he cares for us, that we can't be his counselor, the goodness, all of those things, it lays all that about who God is and that we cannot give him all these things. And then it says, therefore, because of all of that, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Okay? A sacrifice, by nature, is completely consumed. That's what it does. Sacrifice isn't partial. When you brought a sacrifice in the old days, in the old times before Christ, you brought sacrifices for sin. Because the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. But because of sin, there's death. And so rather than humans dying, God allowed animal sacrifices. Well, animals come, they kill it. When it's done, they burn it on the altar. It's over. It's done. It's completely gone. That's a sacrifice. Totally gone. So when he says a living sacrifice, he's talking about bringing our lives and our hearts to God and giving all of it. Every aspect, all of it consumed, not just some of it. All of it's supposed to go to him. Well, but what about this? This is kind of, all of our life goes to him. Not just the good parts, the bad parts, the secret parts, the parts that are what make us who we are. Well, this is, this is me, though. I don't want to change it. But all of it goes to God. We just keep dumping it all over and say, Lord, this is you. And every time we discover an area of our life that we say, man, this is not in line with who God is, what God wants, we, we turn it over. That's what a sacrifice is. But we're able to do that because of his goodness, because of his love, because we can't outgive him, because of his unsearchable plans and the paths that we don't understand, that we can take all that in faith and trust. God, I'm giving you everything. Now you do what you do. It's all yours. I'm giving you this sacrifice. And sometimes it hurts. Has God ever asked you to do something that hurt? Give something to him to hurt? One of my daughters named Krista, she's painting our sign. How, how nice does the sign look out there? Isn't that awesome? So Krista painted that sign, and halfway through it, she got attacked by fire ants. She was a living sacrifice. <laughs> She literally was a living sacrifice. We sacrificed her foot for the sign. It just started eating her foot up. But it was painful. Thank God it was only partial. But God asks us to do things sometimes that are painful, but that are also complete. Give it all to me. This is going to hurt, but it's needed. I need you to give it to me. Do it my way. Let me have it. And we give it to him, and it hurts because it goes against our nature. But in the end, God's goodness comes in and heals and builds us up and makes it good in our life. And it says, this is your true and proper worship. It's that we don't just worship by coming and singing songs. We worship by giving our life to God, all of it, everything. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So I'm going to show you guys a little something. You want to bring that up to me real quick, Jesse? I know some of you guys thought, man, new, new, new pastor today, and he's already got his own personal Keurig by his seat. That's not what it was for. It's actually for this. Uh, but I'm going to show you guys something. I want you to be able to hopefully remember this as a, is this, there we go. So 
a living sacrifice that we present our life to God, and then out of that, we then present ourselves, and then it says to be renewed, right? To be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So we become renewed, we become transformed, we become changed because we're allowing God to do that. So my wife, who's not here, some telling a story on her not here, but it's not a, a really bad one. She's been really busy this week. Really busy. Two times this week, she went into the Keurig, closed it down, made herself a cup of coffee, went back to get her cup, and when she gets it, she goes to pick it up and drink it, put the creamer in it, and she literally looks at it just like that, and she's like, what's wrong with this thing? My coffee keeps coming out clear. <laughs> That's true. That happened two times this week. She's like, it just came out. She goes, it keeps coming out clear, like something's wrong with it. Okay, how much energy can I get out of that cup of coffee? There ain't no caffeine in there, right? This is, ca this is decaf. This is hardcore decaf right here. Two times that happened. Okay? And she was like, what's going on? Well, she never put the pot in. Right? So if you forget to put the pot in, then you're not going to get it. But what happens if I put it in, I put the pot in, I'm going to hit the button. What's going to happen down here? I'm going to get coffee. Okay, so here's the thing. When we talk about our life and we talk about following the Lord and we talk about this process being transformed by the renewing of our mind, there's a process that has to happen. This dedicating ourselves as a living sacrifice, this listening to God, this spending time with Him, allowing Him to work in and through our lives. It takes a process where we actually have to stop long enough, be still long enough to let Him work through the process to change us. Okay, and I'm going to make a couple people probably frustrated right now. That's okay. Listen, I pray all the time. Paul says pray without ceasing. He was always praying all the time. Okay, we can do a lot of things on the go. Okay? But there's some times that God wants us to stop, take a minute, and go through a whole process and allow him to work through that to bring change into our hearts. And as believers, that process involves really three key steps. There's others, but these are three key ones that we could do with or without other people around that we need to do. Okay, the first one, and this is part of dedication. This is what I'm asking everybody to do. The next 40 days, let's dedicate ourselves and this church to God. Now, how are you going to do that? I'm not asking people to fast or anything else. Don't have food. Don't do whatever. No matter what your schedule is, I know there's busy people. I am busy. I got kids. I got little kids. I got middle kids. I got big kids. I got a wife. I got a church. I work sometimes to make money as well. I, mean, I got a lot of stuff going on. Take time just for 40 days. After that, do whatever you want. Pray without ceasing. Just walk around and pray. Pray on the drive. Do whatever. But just commit to 40 days. The next 40 days is part of kind of relaunching this church, dedicating it to the Lord, dedicating ourselves to the Lord. Take 40 days and take some time every day to pull your Bible out, to read, 
What do you read? That's up to you. I'm not going to do a reading plan. Get into the Psalms. Get into Proverbs. Go into the New Testament. Go where you feel God can feed you and where you're going to get something that applies to your life right now. Take some time to read. What is that? That's this. That's putting the pot in. Because even when we pray, right, the Holy Spirit works through the Word to change our lives. When we pray, he quickens verses. He takes us back to scripture. He teaches us through his word. So take time to read the word. Take time. Don't just, well, okay, I, I prayed. I took 10 minutes real quick and I prayed. A lot of times then we're praying our own thoughts, our own mind, our own heart, our own situation. We're becoming God's counselor. But if we first read, we get God's word going. We put the pot in. Now I say, okay, now I'm going to close this up in prayer. Take some time to pray. I'm going to let it process through. Now God's spirit is working and processing through the word. It's getting down into my heart. What happens is my own thoughts begin to get filtered with God's word instead of just my thoughts. And guess where the power's at? The power's not in my thoughts. The power's not in my ability. The power's not in how I do things. The power is not in your ability, your thoughts, or how you do things. The power is in the Word of God. It's in His Spirit. And if we can take time to read and then say, Lord, now, as I'm praying, God, help me to understand your Word. Process and filter it through. Get it into my heart and change me. I'm dedicating this time to you. I'm dedicating this opportunity for you to speak to me. Lord, I'm lifting it up to you. Lord, you do your work. And as that happens then God will begin to speak to you both through his word and through his spirit in prayer. And as that happens, faith will grow. How many of you could use more faith right now in our current culture? Well, how do you get it? Well, the Bible says faith comes by hearing. And where does hearing come? Hearing comes by the word of God. That's how you get it. And so we get into the word, we get into prayer, we let it process through, and then when we go to grab our cup, it's not just an empty thing of, man, I thought I prayed, but I don't feel any power, I don't feel God changing me, I don't feel God working in my heart. Well, that's because really prayer was just me saying all the things that I've already been worried about out loud. That's all it was. I was just regurgitating my own feelings, my own thoughts. There's a part of prayer where we go to God and say, this is how I feel. But the power of prayer is to go to God and say, how do you feel? How do you want to change things? What's your counsel? What's your direction? What's your path in my life? What do you see going on? And as we do that, God will begin to work in our lives. And so step three is just to write down what God's speaking to you. If you're not a journaler, guess what? That's why I didn't call it journaling. I just said write something down. Because if I said journal something, you'd go, I don't journal. Put it in your phone, put it on a piece of paper, do whatever. But just say, man, God's speaking to me. Do you know what? If God's speaking to me, I might want to take some notes. I've been to a lot of seminars, conferences, all kinds of things, man. When somebody that's speaking to me that knows more than I do, man, I got my pen out and I am taking some notes. So if you're in time of prayer, in time of the word, you know, just be ready to take notes. Because if God speaks to you, you don't want to forget it. Say, God, I, I want this. And just go over the 40 days. At the end of the 40 days, you can look back and say, I wonder if there's any themes in here that God's been talking to me about. I'll bet you there are. Because God's trying to work some stuff out in all of our lives. Why? Because the reason for all of this, the reason for a building, the reason for two churches coming together, the reason for the boxing ministry, the reason for the jail to jobs, the reason for everything that God's putting together is not just so that we can have more fun on Sundays. The reason that God's doing it is because outside of these walls... There's people right now that aren't even awake this morning because they're still hungover or strung out from last night. 
There's people already fighting in their apartment or their home right now. Marriage is already breaking apart. Right now, while we slept last night worried about turning the lights on in here, somebody else had somebody creeping into their room to abuse them. That's reality. Which makes the gospel urgent. Urgent for the people that are lost and broken. God needs a church that is dedicated to him, that's filled with his power, that comes by spending time with him in prayer, time in the word, being built up so that when we go out, we have the strength and ability to do something besides worry about our own situation. Because we already know we're playing with the safety net. We already know we go to heaven. We already know God works all things together for our good. We already know all these things. So we don't have to worry and spend all of our energy there. We're free to go spend our energy in eternal things, helping people that need to be rescued, need to be saved, need to be helped, need to be encouraged, need to be built up, need to be freed from addiction and bondages, let go of old bitternesses and wounds. I mean, all, it's all around us every day. And God's call is for us to be out there doing it. And that's what we're going to use this building for all the time, is to do those kinds of things. So let's pray. I'm going to close up. And I just want, I'm not going to be checking. There's no sign up. I'm just asking you to take the next 40 days. Take some time to read your word. Pray about that word. Listen and write something down. Just go through that process every day, every day. And just see what happens at the end of the 40 days, how much God moves in your heart and stirs faith back up and rekindles the, the first love that you had for him. Begins to move in your family. Begins to move in your marriage. Begins to move in your neighbors. God will begin to move because that's been his plan from the beginning. And he's the one that has the power to do it. Amen. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this day. And I just thank you, God. We dedicate, Lord, this building to you, Father. Lord, we dedicate, God, this service to you. Lord, we dedicate our lives to you. Father, the work of our hands to you. And Lord, we ask, God, that as we uh, go about our time and our lives and our days, Lord, that our ears will be open to your word, that our eyes will be open, God, to see what you see. Lord, that you will work in and through us. And I'm going to have Stosh come up real quick. I asked Stosh if he would also pray. And uh, we're, he's just going to pray dedication prayer for the church, for us to go forward, because this is God's, and we want to make sure that we're reminding God, Lord, this is yours. This isn't about us. You probably know how to turn that on. These are new ones. I don't know how to use them. There we go. Thank you for having me this morning. Um, you know, as we dedicate this building, you know, we know that the Lord is here when we, when we show up. If it says two or three are gathering, He's going to show up. So, uh, but we know that His real temple is in our hearts. So his, uh, we're the temple of God. Every one of us, everyone that shows up this morning or every Sunday morning, you bring the Lord with you, you bring the Holy Spirit. We come together to worship Him. And so this morning... As we dedicate this church, uh, I'm thankful that I see uh, almost a full church, you know. And for a while, we've had gone just a few, you know, spotty chairs being full. So, and, uh, so I'm thankful this morning. So let's pray for, for this uh, dedication. Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you that you are our Father, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that you know each and every heart. You know every need here, Father God. And Father God, we ask that you help us through your Holy Spirit, that you meet every need, Father God, that you touch our hearts. Father God, yet you 
Help us, Father God, to put the things that so easily beset us, Father God, the things that, that hinder us, Father God, from, from helping you, from helping others, Father God. We ask you to touch our hearts that you, you just bless us, Father God. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Help us, Father God, to be uh, helpful to one another and be loving and kind as we come together as the two different churches, Father God. Just mend our hearts and uh, just help us to overflow with your blessings and help us to put aside everything that would, would, be, would uh, hinder us, Father God. It will help others that put aside our own needs. It will be open to the needs of other people. But they're your children. You know that you bless them. And we give you the praise. We give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys, down the hall, there's some uh, food. There's a little bit of fellowship stuff down. Take the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.